on a night in which Minnesota United hoped they would get clearer of the playoff line and closer to a potential home playoff spot. They fall to 12th place Sporting Kansas City. 1-0 at Allianz Field, despite basically having all of the quality chances in the second half. What's going on? This is Post Loons presented by Soda Soccer. My name is Jeremy Rushing here with you tonight, live from Allianz Field. And if you can probably hear it behind me, the uh, Unified game is actually going on right now on the Allianz Field pitch. So, um, and it's really cool because they give the Unified team the whole match day production. I mean, the 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 goal songs. There's a you know a condensed version of the Wonderwall here that's that's playing the drums and and doing all the chants during the game. They played Mr. Brightside right before the second half started. Um, they have the same crew for you know the uh, the PA announcing and and everything going on with the video boards in the stadium as well. They give them the full Minnesota United match experience, which is which is really cool for uh, for these unified team. Uh, players. Uh, I, it's just cool to watch. There's a few Minnesota United players on the sideline. I saw Dane St. Clair down there uh, cheering on the, the squad a little bit after the match. So after his match, obviously. So um, really cool. The unified game happening right now at Allianz Field. What wasn't so cool, though, was what we saw and just about an hour ago. And that was that final scoreline of Sporting KC 1, Minnesota United 0. And a really disappointing end to what was mostly, at least from an attacking standpoint, a, an optimistic match for Minnesota. I mean, they, especially after halftime, they had a, they had a lion's share of, uh, of the chances, the quality opportunities, uh, you know, quality possession, uh, generating great chances, carving Kansas City up, uh, really opening them up and getting in behind. They just couldn't get that goal. And defensively, despite missing Mickey Tapias, uh, you know, and Kai Debassi sliding, sliding into left center back. We'll get to Ethan Bristow and his performance at left back in a little bit. Mostly for, you know, I would say 90% of the match, a, a quality defensive performance as well. But that means nothing when you don't finish your chances and when you don't see out the clean sheet. Minnesota was not able to do either of those, and that is why they have lost 1-0 tonight at Allianz Field. A few things before we actually get into the show tonight. Make sure you're dropping your questions and comments in the chat. If you're watching on Twitter, you won't be able to leave us a question or comment. At least that we'll see on our end here. So you're going to have to go to our YouTube stream in order to leave those questions and comments. And while you're over here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up on the video, subscribe to the channel, and tap that bell to be notified when we drop a new episode. And this, this episode is really going to be driven by your questions and comments. So let's go ahead and get into them. Um, Foot Trap 10, starting us off hot here, says, I wasn't the only one hoping to see Rosales at left back for tonight's game. Now it's obvious why. And Foot Trap 10 obviously pointing at the, uh, the performance of Ethan Bristow at left back. And this is actually one of my three things. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into this. We are seeing a player adjust to Major League Soccer in real time. In Ethan Bristow. I think there's a lot of potential with Bristow. I actually think he's got some pretty good skills right now, as he is. But when you're going up against Johnny Russell in this front line, this sporting case he has, if you are not ready for the MLS level right now, you uh, are probably not going to fare well against them. And he had a couple of moments. He picked Johnny Russell uh, a couple times. and uh, But for the most part, you know, it was, it was a long night for Bristow. And especially at the very end, when he's the one that sort of got dusted by Gotti Kinda, 
which led to Minnesota, which led to Sporting Casey's uh, winning goal in the 84th minute. So, yes, a rough night for Bristow. Does that mean I think he's trash and will continue to be trash? Uh, no, uh, I think he's a good player. I think he is going to, um, you know, I think he's going to turn into a good, a good player for this team. I think right now we're just seeing him sort of adjust to Major League Soccer in real time. Colin Hawkins jumping into the chat saying, so are we just a mid slash bad team? If so, nights like this are easier to swallow, but we've seen flashes that make me think we're just underperforming. Well, I don't definitely don't think this team is a bad team. Um, mid team, I guess it depends on your perspective because you're right, Colin, this team has shown and I'll keep your comment up here. Uh, this team has shown glimpses of being a really good team. And when they're cohesive and they're together and Reynoso is doing his team, his thing, you know, it's, it's hard to see that this team can't, you know, be a home playoff team and make a run in the playoffs and, you know, be a contender at the top of the Western conference. However, those flashes are just that they're flashes, you know, I mean, the, the Minnesota after the result tonight, I think is eighth, seventh. I haven't checked the standing since the, uh, since the results went final. But, you know, and there's some obviously some Western Conference matches still to play here. They came in tonight seventh. And it's right on that playoff line where you're staying out of the play-in. And as of now, Minnesota's eighth in the West with the results tonight. Is that indicative of who this team is and where they deserve to be? You know, this is a team that's been very difficult to beat on the road been quite successful on the road but hasn't put it together at home so what does that mean right that's the big question when it comes to this team i think this team has the potential to be really good and achieve all the goals that they want to achieve um but that's potential what have they shown us on the field again we've seen glimpses you're right we've seen flashes colin but in terms of what we've seen over a longer term of uh, in terms of consistency what this team is consistently bringing it's up and down, as a lot of teams are in MLS. But at the end of the day, you always kind of end up where you deserve to be in the standings. And there's still six matches left to sort of sort that out for Minnesota United. But they're eighth in the West, which indicates that's where they deserve to be based off their results at this point. Uh, Colin also had six of our nine wins have come from teams below the playoff line. That's a very, very good point, Colin. Uh, Foot Trap 10. Comes back in, says, just watch Buanga's header. Man, that was red hot. Um, and the gals come right back, 1-1. Maybe I'll redeem the night and watch this game. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good soccer going on right now in MLS. Um, and I thought for a large part of the second half, we saw Minnesota United play a lot of good soccer tonight. But we'll get into another one of my three things here. This is, in my opinion the worst type of loss that could come at the worst possible time for Minnesota. Like I mentioned, you're coming on, you're, you're sort of right on the playoff line seventh. And with the win tonight, Minnesota could have put some real distance between themselves and the playoff line. Could have been up to eight points clear of the playoff line with the win tonight, depending on other results. And you're playing a 12th place Sporting KC team that, yes, they have once they had one, two of their last three coming in. The only loss they had in that stretch since League's Cup was to Leo Messi in Inter Miami. But 
again, going back to your standings, indicating where you deserve to be and kind of your your level, they were 12th in the West coming into this match. At home, that's a team you should beat if you have the aspirations that Minnesota United has. But they didn't. And they lost in the most deflating way you can. I mean, Chris Long from KSTP said this best. This is not an original uh, quote from me. I actually saw this from him on Twitter, and he said it best. They sort of reinvented what against the run of play means tonight. Because you talk, you're talking about three or four A-plus opportunities in the second half that you cannot finish. And then on the other end, Gotti Kinda comes in and puts one in the back of the net on really their only quality chance of the second half, Sporting Kansas City's. But it ends up in the back of the net, and uh, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes in soccer. Soccer is that sport where you can dominate the entire way and you and still lose. And that's what Minnesota United did tonight. Their second 45 was dominant, but they don't finish, and they get caught pushing men forward. Uh, Kansas City hits the counter. Defenders don't do what they need to do to stop it. And a guy like Gotti Kind is going to finish those opportunities 10 times out of 10. And he did that tonight. And that's why Sporting Kansas City got the win. And Minnesota United is left scratching their heads after that 1-0 home loss in a match that, again, they were – that's the one where they were dominant the whole way. But at this point in the season with six games left to have a deflating loss like this, it's going to be really tough for this team to not let it compound. But the good news is they have another match coming up Wednesday. So they don't really have a lot of time to dwell on this, which I think is a good thing for them. They got to turn right around. They actually travel on Tuesday to go to LA. Actually, they might travel on Monday. They might travel on Monday to go because they usually try to travel two days ahead of time if they're going out west. So if Monday is the travel day, I mean, tomorrow's your day off. You travel Monday, train, train, and then game on Wednesday. So you don't have much time to dwell on this, which I think could be a good thing. But obviously, from a physical standpoint, you want to make sure these you know, these guys are as fit as they possibly can possibly be. But every team's going through it fitness-wise right now. So mentally, I think it is good that Minnesota has these, you know, only these couple days between now and the next game. They cannot let this result compound, though, into a uh, the deflation of this result compound. Because if they do they'll be trending in the wrong direction at the exact wrong time. And as Michael Boxall said, they have a lot to be um, optimistic from over these last, over these last couple of weeks, you know, before tonight team went seven unbeaten should have won tonight based off their performance. So there is a perspective. You can look at this and say, okay, Minnesota United still in good form and they're still running hot. But at the same time, a loss like this, can really take the wind out of your sails and send you treading in the wrong direction. And this is not the time for that to be happening. So I think Wednesday will tell a big story in terms of which direction Minnesota United is going to be going, whether they will retain the confidence that they've had over these last couple of weeks with their performances, or if they're going to let this loss, um, I would say let it, but if this loss is going to have a continued negative effect on them moving forward. Uh, let's see. Spinner. Hi, Spinner. How many straight losses is this to KC, and why can we never seem to beat them? That's a very good question, Spinner. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. This was one of the more more competitive Minnesota SKC matches that we've had in a while. It wasn't a four-one loss, uh, but yeah, KC seems to be uh, you know seems to be the uh, the better team in the head-to-head contest between the two 
uh, for the most part over these last few years, for sure. Alex Aguirre says, I'm still confused with the decision to sub out Bongi so early over Pookie. Any explanation or speculative reasoning for it? You know, Pookie's a guy that goes 90 time in and time out. So I was surprised to see him subbed out early as well. I will say, though, before the, the timing of the sub was interesting because Bongi hadn't done much. At times, I almost forgot he was on the field uh, over the first hour of this match. And then he gets the ball in his sweet spot, you know, makes that really nice cut towards the end line, crosses it, and just ends up a little bit behind Fragapane. And right after that is when he gets subbed out. But that obviously means that Heath had the sub sort of queued up before that, right? And Bongi wasn't bringing much in the match prior to that. So it might be a situation where Heath couldn't necessarily put the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak, and unsub Bongi um, because, you know, he finally, you know, started to kind of maybe get his groove into the match. I do think it was it was interesting to sub out Bongi early tonight, just in any case, though, because, I mean, he's a guy that doesn't get subbed out. He's a guy that goes 90. But he is coming off of, a, you know, some knee soreness over the last couple weeks. Uh, he didn't play for, I think, three or four consecutive matches from that. And he's a guy, I've said this on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, I'll say it now. I will not fault Minnesota United for being overly cautious with Bagaguli Fangwane. I will not ever complain about Minnesota United being overly cautious with Bagaguli Fangwane. So if that was the case where maybe he's not fully fit because he missed that time, maybe we're being, uh, you know, we just, maybe he's not ready to go a full 90 or we wouldn't be comfortable with him going a full 90 due to that knee soreness that he had, then I'm totally good with that. Um, you know, but we didn't necessarily get an explanation from Heath about it afterwards. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's any lingering issues. He didn't tweak something or anything like that prior to that. It was a manager's decision and um, that is what it is. Um, moving forward, uh, foot trap says DSC didn't see much action, which makes the goals against the goal against all the more devastating. Yeah. I mean, Dane wasn't really called upon much tonight at all. Um, and the goal isn't his fault either. There's nothing you really could have done, uh, for that. Uh, let's see. Eric Grady. I thought Pookie would be better at finishing. He was such a good finisher in England a couple of years ago. He's starting to come into it. Um, obviously he had those couple opportunities tonight that kind of, or had the, that one specific opportunity tonight that left you scratching his head or scratching, left him scratching his head, us scratching our heads, how he can sort of miss a mostly open goal by kicking it within reach of a diving Tim Melia. Um, obviously you've got to give Tim Melia credit for a lot of, you know, what kept sporting KC alive in this match. Uh, Melia was incredible in goal. So obviously give him his credit. Uh, but yeah, no. No doubt Eric Pukki has to, has to finish that one for sure. Um, but I think overall, the, the sample size of the last few matches says he's starting to kind of lock that back in, um, you know, more closer to what we were saying from, from his time in England. Um, and then I got one final thing here. Uh, I haven't seen any comments about this, so I will get uh, I will get to it. Um, and I'm not one to bring, blame the refs, uh, but I do, I do think there was a pretty big missed call ahead of the Kansas City goal. Uh, Mano Reynoso was pulled down by the shirt 
on about midfield, almost right in front of the fourth official. And, uh, and that led to the kind of Kansas City's buildup towards the goal. And uh, Michael Boxall was not happy about it. Adrian Heath was not happy about it. Uh, Sonny Dodson mentioned that, you know, he saw that and thought it was a foul as well. Um, so a missed call on a pretty big spot there by the referee. Uh, it's already been so tonight, uh, which led to, you know, obviously that didn't directly lead to Kansas City's goal, but um, you call a foul there and Kansas City doesn't get the buildup to score the goal. So I just wanted to bring that up as well, where, you know, looking back at that, definitely a pull on the shirt, potentially a second yellow as well in that scenario uh, for a player, but it is what it is. And, uh, and you move on from it and you don't dwell on referee calls for sure. Uh, Eric Grady box. He had a great header just to step off. Yeah. Um, that was, that was one in real time, you know, where I'm sitting in the press box, I kind of got a really good view of that line. And in real time, I was like, where is the offside? But obviously you slow it down, you pause it and you see it. Boxy even said after the game, he saw, uh, he saw it up on the video board where he was at and he thought it was the right call, uh, as well. So if Boxy's not complaining about it, uh, neither should we. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great header. It was a good finish, uh, but just, just slightly offside. Uh, position there. All right, we're going to jump into some more questions and comments, but first we got to shout out some friends of ours. And those friends are, once I can get the uh, the banner all set up here, if I was prepared, I would have the banner set up. Our friends over at Pence Homes, P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com is where you need to go if you want to, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in or around the Twin Cities, and you're looking for a quality realtor, quality company to work with, to help kind of alleviate as much stress as humanly possible from that process and a company and a team you can trust to do right by you and uh, do everything they can to you know make that process as simple for you as humanly possible. That's Pence Homes. They are local, locally based, local company with local people who live in and around the metro, who have bought houses in and around the metro, and they understand the market. They understand the market and they'll work with you to understand your needs and how your needs can match up with the market. Because anybody that tells you now is a good time to buy, now is a good time to sell, and generalities, they don't really know because they don't know you. It's circumstantial. Everybody's situation is different. So it could be a good time for you to sell, but a bad time for your friend to sell. Could be a great time for your friend to buy, but a terrible time for you to buy. It all depends on your situation and your circumstance. That's what Pence Homes is there to learn about you and use their expertise and the technology and their team uh, to give you the best experience possible in this scenario. So whether you're buying, selling, both in the Twin Cities, Pets Homes is where you need to go. And uh, you know what? That initial consultation, that initial call, it's free. So it doesn't cost you anything. So why not pick up the phone? Or why not break out your keyboard and hit them up right now? P-E-N-T-Z, homes.com is, uh, is the website. You can look up more about them, check out their amazing reviews, learn about their team. But if I have sold you right here and you want to go ahead and make that initial reach out, you send an email to Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHolmes.com. Big thanks to Pence Holmes for their support of the show um, and their support of Soda Soccer and their support of everything we've been doing here with Post Loons, 10,000 Pitches, and of course, Soda Soccer as well. A couple more comments in the chat. Any Big Blue, <coughs> excuse me, says from both sides, there were four times ish where players are visibly calling for handballs. Curious how those look from the press box, if you recall. 
Um, I did not see, I mean, I saw the calls for handballs. I didn't see anything that was obvious enough to stop play and call a handball. Um, you know, and I think if it's in the middle of the field or, you know, not in or around the box, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, uh, unless it's a clear handball, I don't know if I'm really stopping play for that, you know, so. No, and I think the officiating, maybe there should be some conversation on the officiating tonight as well. But that's that to me is not the reason Minnesota United uh, lost one nil. It was obviously the lack of finishing on their part and uh, giving up a giving up a goal at the wrong time. Um, more questions, more comments. Feel free to drop those in. I'm just going to kind of recap some of the uh, biggest moments from the match. And um, let's see. Let's start off on the 19th minute. Loons were really effective on the press tonight. Uh, especially in the first half, Kansas City did not really seem to know what to do in terms of dealing with Minnesota United's press. And um, this happened in the 19th minute, forced to turn over deep in SKC's half. Eventually, Taylor is able to line up a left footer inside the box, but it's too close to Melia, and he's able to corral it. Uh, 32nd minute, Fragapani gets bumped into the ground in the box. Uh, Allianz Field crowd wants a PK. Referee Tori Penso says no. I agree with that call, actually. I think there wasn't enough contact there for me to call it a PK. Um, 37th minute. After breaking out on a counter, Hassani Dotson wins a 50-50 ball, and eventually Reynoso is able to curl the left footer towards goal, forcing Melia to make an outstretched diving save to keep things level. Up until a certain point of the match where the dam really started to break and Minnesota's giving a ton of chances, it was Emmanuel Reynoso. That was, uh, you know, making Tim Melia work for probably the first hour or so of this match. Um, just, you know, obviously forcing Tim to, uh, forcing Melia to, to dive and, and, and make stops there. Uh, 44th minute, Longwane taken down outside the box by Andrew Fontes, who gets a yellow card, sets up the Reynoso free kick. The effort, again, from Reynoso on target, but Melia is able to punch it away. That's it for the first half. And as we get to the second, <coughs> excuse me. Um, this is where we start to get these these big opportunities. The first coming in the 62nd, Boggy with some shake and bake on the right side, sends the ball across the face of goal that ends up just inches behind and awaiting for Akapane. It's sort of curling behind him and away from him, so nothing that uh, Fraga could have done. He was just waiting, though, at the back post, and a better cross leads to a tap-in goal there. Uh, 66, Pookie finds himself all alone against Milia, opts to center a pass for Tajuri Shradi. <coughs> Excuse me. His effort is deflected up and over the bar by the back of defender Jake Davis's head. I'm going to read that again. And if you haven't seen the replay of this, go and watch. The jury Shradi tap in, but at the very last second, it's deflected up open over the bar by the back of Jake Davis's head. <laughs> Unbelievable. If that doesn't sort of uh, tell the story of Minnesota's night, Minnesota United's night in a nutshell, I don't know what does. Uh, 73rd minute, Reynoso gets loose, close to goal, finds a wide-open Pookie in front of net. Somehow, the Point Blake shot finds the gloves of a diving Melia. Just no words to describe that. You know, a mostly open goal, and Pookie's only able to put it where Melia can can dive and, and make the stop. 79th, Boxall has one to the back of the net off of Reynoso free kick. We just talked about this, but the linesman immediately calls him offside to negate the goal. <clears throat> and then the 84th, of course, Gotti Kenda 
finishes Sporting Casey's loan opportunity over the last half hour, but really their, their loan good opportunity of the second half. Cuts inside, beats uh, Bristow, gets around DeBossi as well, beats St. Clair with the left foot. 1-0 SKC somehow. 90 plus four though, Minnesota almost pulled a rabbit out of the hat again and found that late equalizer. Garcia works around a defender, tiptoes the end line before sending a pass to Sang Ben. But the Korean is kind of challenged on that shot. Some good defending there to stay with him. And he puts that wide to the post. And that is where we get the 1-0 final at Allianz Field tonight. And it's disappointing, right? It's a disappointing result at a crucial time in the season for the Loons. You know, a, a win would have done this team wonders for their playoff positioning, for getting clear of the playoff line. Now with a loss on the flip side of that, you're sort of back where you've been all season, sort of sweating it out, you know, right at the playoff line. But that's where they are. And maybe, again, calling back to an earlier question, maybe that's where they deserve to be uh, is, is in that part because the the roller coaster has a, has a median. To it, right? And that seems to be Minnesota United's median right now. Uh, Welch Nut. Hello, Welch Nut. I feel like your only game plan going forward is to have Reynoso or one of the wingers beat three people and then score or assist. You know, I, I've seen a lot more cohesion between Reynoso and the rest of the front line this season um, since he's come back than in years past. But sometimes I do feel like they regress to that. I do, because that's kind of been that's been their identity for the last couple of years prior to Reynoso coming back this year was, you know, give, give Ray the ball and let him do what he does and hope it works out for you. Where this year, I feel like there's been a lot more connectivity between Ray and the rest of the attack, but you are right where they kind of fall back into that older identity at times. Um, not sure what it is. Not sure if it's just, they're used to it. Or, or what, but um, yeah, you know, that, that does happen in stretches for this team. But I think the difference this season is it only happens in stretches. That literally was their identity in 2021 and 2022. But that's a good observation, Walsh, not for sure. Um, looking ahead now, though, you know, looking at the standings, I mentioned this, Minnesota United currently sits eighth in the West. San Jose has overtaken them for seventh um, after they're currently – leading Real Salt Lake two to one. Uh, and with a win there, San Jose would overtake them for seven. If Real Salt Lake is able to come back and win that one, uh, then Minnesota will be back in seven. But um, again, you're right along the playoff line. You're two points ahead of SKC, two points ahead of FC Dallas, uh, who are ninth and 10th right now. So you're not in an ideal position with six games to go, but you do control your own destiny if you're Minnesota United. And I mean, at the end of the day, at some level, that's all you can really ask for. And, you know, with a game on the road on Wednesday, maybe they can find, you know, continue that road form, come out, come out with three big points there. And then, you know, we're, we're feeling a little bit more optimistic as we head down that real final stretch run of the season, but it is LA galaxy on Wednesday. Um, You know, the galaxy currently 13th in the West I think it's no secret that they have not been great this year. Um, currently tied 2-2 with LAFC in the 63rd minute. Recent results, 2-2 draw against a 10-man St. Louis City team on Sunday. Um, 
the previous Saturday, a nil-nil draw with the Houston Dynamo. Uh, they beat San Jose 3-2 to on August 30th, and then they beat Chicago 3-0 on August 26th, and that was all after Leagues Cup. So, I mean, this is a Galaxy team that's shown to be in a little bit better form than maybe they were earlier in the season, uh, but still a team you should go on the road. And if you are the team you think you are, Minnesota United thinks they're a team that that can host a playoff game. That's that's a game you need to go in, especially after a loss like this. You need to go in and make up those points somewhere. Why not at LA on Wednesday? And then you follow that up next Saturday where you come back to Allianz Field and uh, you host St. Louis City, top of the team in the the, the top team in the West. So that's going to make Wednesday all the more important. You've been really comfortable on the road this year. That, that's weird that the road match is the one that you're kind of resting, hoping that they can get the three points out of this week, but it is what it is. Uh, you've been much better on the road this year than you've been at home. It is what, you know, their their style that they're that they're playing on the road where they you know, sit back and counter, it's been working. Do that effectively against the Galaxy, you can get three points. And again, those three points are important for multiple reasons. One, you got to make up the points you lost tonight somewhere. And two, you have St. Louis City coming to town next Saturday. So three points on Wednesday is important uh, if this team wants to kind of hold on, on to playoff positioning and, and, and get themselves in a good position heading down to that final handful of games. Um, if there are no more questions and comments, we will get out of here uh, at the half hour mark here on Postlands tonight. I really appreciate all of the uh, all of the response, all of the interaction, all of the followership, all of the just just everything you guys do to help us out. Whether you watch live, or whether you watch after the fact, whether you listen after the fact, doesn't matter. Uh, we appreciate everything you do to, to follow us and support us. Um, the post-game audio, post-game press conference audio from Adrian Heath, Michael Boxall, and Hassani Dotson. That is up for our patrons over at patreon.com slash soda soccer. So if you want to hear what they had to say after the match in full, not clips, full press conference audio, full locker room audio, that's over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can get in there for as low as $3 a month. And um, we'll see you Wednesday. Actually, no. Wednesday's a late one on the road. We'll see you next Saturday after the Loons and St. Louis City. But, uh, you know, we'll be on the Twitter. We'll be following along. We'll be having some coverage of the match on Wednesday. So make sure you're following us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. At Soda S-O-C. And uh, probably no post-Loons after that one, being that it's a school night and it's late. But we will have another post-Loons for sure coming up next Saturday after the Loons and STL. Until then, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. And we'll see you next Saturday.